Hello, I'm Brandon. You're Brandy. Brand what? Oh <laughs> uh, no. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's like a silent N, Hello, but the opposite. Um, and that it's an, it's, there, there is no N, oh, but you say the N. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's French probably. Uh, and I'm Justine and you didn't put me on there. Oh, that's because this is, I, I, I very like haphazardly made these notes up based off of last week's notes. Oh my God. So there I'm was just a, not there was even a in the podcast up. anymore, you guys. I've been, You've been usurped. I'm being slowly phased out. Brandon took over 100% of the editing. Brandon did last week's episode by himself. I'm, and now I'm not even in the show notes anymore. So who are you? I'm a mystery. I meant your name. Oh, I said I'm Justine. Did you say your name? I don't know. I was too busy uh, catching heat Renowned from you. Renowned author of a singular romance novel, Justine Furco. Yep. Bestseller. <laughs> yeah, Which, in my heart. <laughs> depending on context. So, hi, we're the Cozy Co-op, a podcast where a games journalist and a creative writer talk about video games. What are we talking about today? Today is another listener suggestion. Mm-hmm. In which we talk about video game hardware. Hardware. So that's going to be stuff like the consoles. What is good about them? What's bad about them? And it can be overwhelming to try and buy one if you're thinking about it. So this might be a nice, helpful go-to reference guide. Especially since the holiday season is coming up, you might be trying to buy one for someone else. Yeah, it's a weird time in console life right now. Right. I I didn't even mention the OUYA and my my pages. This is the most pages of notes I've ever had. Yeah, there's a lot of consoles and they have a storied history. I, the most I know is about the downfall of Xbox and the rise of PlayStation in recent years, so. In in the current generation, basically. Right. Yeah, Yeah, and there's eight generations. Everything only says three and four, (laughs) so... That, that's that's what I find so interesting. It got me so excited for this episode. But before that, we have news. We do have news. There's so, current events happening. Yes. So the first the first thing, Super Smash Brothers had a direct, and then in that right. they announced their final characters and some details about their quote unquote adventure mode. Uh huh. So they have an adventure mode called Spirits. If you don't know, Super Smash Bros. Party fighting game, Nintendo characters, and all that. Yeah, that, that, it's not uh, just Nintendo characters, is it? Well, it is a Nintendo product, okay. but they do have some outsourced third party. Yeah. I guess you could. They have like Sonic and uh, Solid Snake. There's some Shovel Knight stuff going on in this one, isn't there? Shovel Knight appears as what's called an assist trophy, which mm-hmm. is like a temporary NPC helper. Then yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, an indie character getting in. Anyway, so. They announced their final three fighters, as well as a story mode. Story mode's called uh, Spirits, and had a very dramatic, like, cinematic intro, where literally everyone dies. Except... Except who? Kirby. Kirby. Everyone dies but Kirby. This is steadily becoming (laughs) my absolute favorite meme of all time. And as a lot of people have already echoed the sentiment... It's definitely better than the Thanos snap meme just because of the just the impact. Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz Thanos he snapped away like serious characters. He, and they like he, just dusted. 
They just dusted. Yeah, yeah. You know who? You know who dies in this? Uh, Pikachu. Thanos Squid, didn't snap away Pikachu. The Inklings. The Inklings. Yeah. Anyway. Sonic. Maybe yeah, there's a story hell. where you have to go and re- recover the lost souls and physical forms of your of your teammates. And yes, that's cool. But they also announced the last fighters, which is Ken from Street Fighter, the American, basically American Ryu. Mm-hmm. And in, in what was his name? Infernoroar? I Incineroar. think. Incineroar. Incineroar. That's it. I always get that messed up. Incineroar. Buff Pokemon. The yeah, he is essentially a Shredded. professional wrestler He's fire just, cat. Just so ripped. Oh yeah, like he he's like he's like an evil Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's just on that protein. That's what I love about he he's he's a heel. Which... He's nothing but what was it? Protein shakes, falcon eggs, and rocks. If you get that reference, you have to message me. It's the I law. It's my turn to be on the I don't get that reference side. Yes. But it was the last the last announced fighter that everyone's been talking about. Piranha plant. Oh, yeah. It's not Petey Piranha, Piranha plant. From Mario. The thing that comes out of the pipes in Mario is now going to be a fighter. Chomps at you. In Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yes. And that whack. I saw someone actually did predict that one. Oh, yeah. Somebody had made like a mock-up of it and whatnot. Like, hey. No, it was like. You can see the mock-up? No, it was just like a message on some kind of forum or message board or whatever. And like no one replied to it at all. It was one of the ones oh. with zero replies, zero interaction, anything. But they actually had all of the things right. I saw a thing where a guy had like drawn out like if it was Piranha Plant, here's what it would look like. Right. Yeah. As a joke. And then you're like, oh, look, I'm right. Yeah. It's funny how that works uh, out. We have more news. We we have a lot to talk about. Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, League of Legends released another music video, and it's kind of bumping. Uh, yeah. I actually accidentally came across this one because I had heard about League of Legends released a music video. Mm-hmm. And then on Tumblr, I kept seeing graphics from a music video that I was not familiar with. I thought it was a K-pop video. Which technically it is. So I just kept seeing really cool gifts of it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, just, I'm just gonna go look this up." And I looked up the the video, like trying to Google search it without having any kind of names or whatever. And then you walked over, and you're like, "No, you have to go to like the real video." And I'm like, "You know what this is?" And you were like, "Yeah, this is the League of Legends video." And I was like, "Oh no, it all just <laughs> converged." Yep, yep. So this is not new for League of Legends. They've released animated you know music videos for original songs it's beautiful this one tops it for sure i especially the uh black light stuff it is a it is a four-person k-pop style band Mm -hmm. it's called it's it's called pop star by kda which funny because kill death assist oh yeah and yeah it features uh the Fox Girl, Aerie, I think her name is. I don't play League, so I don't know. But like, <laughs> I have literally no... This is why I got through half the music video before realizing it was a League of Legends thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know anybody. I don't... This is completely not what I thought League of Legends was. Well, the, in, in the last four days, it has gotten 26 million views. It's a it's, good video. It is expanding beyond the League thing, just because, yeah, it's a really good video. It's a good... It's a popping song. It's popping. I'm going to have to go watch it again. So... If you haven't seen that, look that up. Just give it a lit. It's good. It's really good. Final bit. Diablo Immortal. People are mad because 
Diablo. I heard. Diablo Immortal is a mobile game. Oh. Now, when you have three well-known PC games, an RPG that like, oh, people love it. They're so excited for the fourth one. And then they go, hey, mobile game. Yeah. People are like, what? No, no, we hate this. Yeah. When the, when they were doing a Q&A the day, after they, the day of they announced it, somebody had asked, is this like a joke? Or like they were booed on stage. This is yeah. a weird thing because this is from Blizzard. Yeah. Like Blizzard normally does a good job at making games people mm-hmm. want. They No one wanted this. It hurts. The truth of the matter is no matter how good the mobile game is, it's only ever going to be a casual time investment for so many people. Mm-hmm. So you can sink all your your assets and your time and energy into a really good Blizzard mobile game, but at the end of the day, people are going to play it for two weeks and then drop off, and it's not going to be any fun for anyone who sticks around. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is a good example of marketers and data analysts choosing a game. Because, yeah, there's... Millions upon millions of people play mobile games, yeah, and there's millions upon millions of people who play Diablo. Problem is, those people play those things for different reasons, and they failed to see where that separation was. Yeah, Diablo is not a game you just kind of pull out of your pocket while you're waiting for the bus. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, that's that's why I'm not that into Hearthstone on mobile, because it's, it's too much of a commitment. Well... I can see how Hearthstone is also... That one kind of walks a fine line, because no. it does have all the, the Warcraft lore and stuff, but it's also a card game. It's, yeah, so if, on a tablet, maybe, I could understand more. Oh, yeah, everyone at my school was playing Hearthstone but, when I was a senior. But not a mobile game. It, it Maybe that's part of what got them so mixed up, is maybe they have a lot of Hearthstone downloads. Maybe. And and they just thought, okay, so our, our user base likes mobile platforms. But still, I would say Hearthstone works better just because it does function as a card game. Like, is it's the, still a fairly it is basic... The only, uh, it's the only Blizzard game I think would have worked on mm-hmm. a mobile, which right, it does. Right, So, that happened, yeah. Yep. It, okay. It's been rough. So, speaking of mobile versus PC or console games, mm-hmm. it's time to talk about some hardware. Hardware. What, I'm excited. Where do we even begin with the hardware, Brandon? 1951. That is way earlier than I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> Exa- right? It we didn't is. even have personal computers back in 1950s. You are correct. The size of the computer it took to play this game was huge. Oh, I bet. It still used, what, what do they call them? Oh, I didn't write it down. Uh, uh, those glowy, like, tube, whatever, vacuum tube thing? Yeah, the, uh, oh, shoot, they were in TVs, weren't they? Yeah, I forget what they're called, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Cat, cat... Cathode ray cathode, tubes? Cathode ray tubes, that's it. Okay, it used CRT. those. It used those. I, this is, like, the most distinct well, memory I have CRT of my sixth grade class. CRT is ray television. Cathode, okay, CRT, okay. But yes, cathode ray tubes. I do remember this distinctly from the well, sixth grade. Thank you, Ms. Byram. So we're starting with Generation 1, which begins, like I said, in 1950. And it was when somebody had created what was his, Yosef Cates, had developed what they called Bertie the Brain, which was an, a, a digital tic-tac-toe game for the Canadian National Exhibition of 1950. 
it, it was the first time you could interact with an electronic device and it interact back. Ah. It literally, by the loosest of definitions, the first video game. Okay, so it was tic-tac-toe? Tic-tac-toe, yes. Interesting. That's how they won war games. <laughs> well, it basically stayed this level of complexity. The same, the same system expanded to eventually have four games. Wow. Whew. But we What's saw it? nothing. Chess... Uh, solitaire. Oh, I can't tell you. Okay. No, definitely not solitaire. <laughs> solitaire. That, w- that would be too complex. <laughs> we didn't see much change until the 1970s. Still first generation of video games, mind you. 1970s is still pretty early. It is very early. Because this stuff didn't take off till 80s. No, no, this is uh, the ver- technically the first... Again, I'm going to say technically a lot with first generation, because it depends on how you define things. But then mm-hmm. they, there was a game called Computer Space which was a space combat arcade game developed in 1971 by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney, who will go on in history as the creators of Atari. Oh! Yeah, technically the people behind Atari were the ones behind all the first video games. They stayed prevalent a long time. Well, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. At the time, it was a coin-operated, and it was sold commercially as this big old blocky thing. Indeed. First arcade game. Well... Not long after that. Um, How wild must that have been? I'm thinking I am here I'm thinking that it looked a lot like people in the twenties going to the first Nickelodeons. Oh, right. Like uh, it just people would dress up and in an afternoon be like, We're going to take our coins to that boxy game down <laughs> the in, in the town. Like that's what I'm thinking. Do so this was 70s, so maybe not quite to that degree. Do you fancy but... bringing a farthing down to the electro game? Indeed, yes, that, <laughs> yes, exactly. Except the 70s. And well, as, as so they put on their round glasses. Yes, and they ride those bicycles with one really big wheel in the front. That's not the maybe the 1870s. <laughs> well, and eventually that kind of branched off into arcade games which we won't actually touch too much on in this cuz you know what an arcade game cuz arcade games they kind of kept similar and unless you are very good at finding things or all very rich uh you probably are not going to be buying an arcade yeah. game yeah uh, odds are odds are you pre- you already know your stuff mm. if you're an arcade enthusiast if we get rich and we have a really cool like house can we try and get an arcade game up in there and can it try like can we try and make it pac-man <laughs> i was gonna say uh sometimes people will create a one have it all arcade cabinet towards one arcade game uh hardware but you can select basically every game in existence using wow. modern technology we gotta do that so i've seen that before it's doable definitely but we we need to make it still coin operated. <laughs> That's our yes. rainy day fund. That that way, if we invite friends over to make a small profit. Oh, absolutely. Well, the same the same group of people, uh, Bushnell. They ended up hiring on a, a new guy for their their company, and his name was Alan Alcom, who nice de- alliteration, right? Who ended up developing a ping pong game. <gasps> pong. Yeah. Yep, and uh, at the suggestion of Bushnell, he created this, and it caught on immediately as Pong in 1972. Uh, it sold over 8,000 units, which at the time was very rare. Now, it, it is important to mention, prior to this, basically the only way video games showed up is if like your programming nerd friends 
brought a copy of it over. Mm -hmm. There was no commercialization going on, really. It's like when you talked about the Tetris game. Exactly. Like it was mostly shared around. And that, that was similar like an STD, time frames, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. Do you got that pong? Something packet injection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, they, they went on. They did very successful. They founded Atari. Elsewhere in the universe, 1972 was the first home video game console. Okay. And it's called the Magnavox Odyssey. Magnavox. You you know this name? I do. Really? I don't know why, but I know this name. Uh, I wrote about it before. Possibly. So maybe, I don't know, why don't you read my work? I, do, I read <laughs> some of your... I, don't I, I will get into that in a moment, Because it's not on audiobook. The Magnavox Odyssey was the first you could buy it, bring it home, plugged into your TV. The catch, though, it displayed black and white. Well, yeah. And that made it difficult to tr to to show complex concepts. True. So what you it could did just do pong is when you bought a game, that game came with a plastic sheet that you laid <gasps> over top of your TV. Oh, incredible! And it would use and it would basically light up sections by making it turn white. How can and we never you, hear about this? Uh, because it was short-lived. It was a cool idea, but it was still, even with the sheets, very limited in what it was capable of. True. It I, was like having those carpets that have, like, the town yeah, printed on them. Right, yeah. But imagine, like, it lit up actual stoplights. Yeah. Uh, I wrote about this previously in an article where I was writing about the history of horror games. To where, t if you want to get technical, the very first horror game was called Haunted House. For the Magnavox Odyssey, and it was oh. it was a, a sheet of like this house, and uh, an image of a ghost would light up, and you had to try to traverse the house without mm. the ghost getting you. This is oh my gosh! This is just like my Dungeons and Dragons, quote unquote, computer game. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, similar to that. That's awesome. Well, that 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 is basically Generation One. Okay. Yay! We're we're progress. We've hit. Home consoles. Then we've hit second generation video games, which most people probably still don't know about. We're not that far yet. This was when people were actually developing uh, consoles for commercial usage. People were buying them. We saw, uh, it's sometimes referred to as the golden age of arcade, because this is, yeah, when arcade games right. was the most popular, you know, Everyone mid 70s. Yeah. So that's where everyone was going. So home consoles on the were. <laughs> I'm next. That's my quarter. Oh God! Nostalgia it... for a time I didn't live in. A time. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, this generation began with a console called the Fairchild Channel F. The F stood for fun. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't one of them inappropriate channels. <laughs> <laughs> they might have existed back then. Those nice. Two color women. <laughs> but this, this spawned the consoles like the Atari 2600, which became the most popular of the bunch. Was that just, was that like, okay, how many, how many Ataris existed before the 2600? Two. Two. I think two, yeah. So we just went straight to that. Or did, I don't remember why it was Game called. Gaminator 1000, huh? I, I think, like, the, I can't recall, don't quote me on this, but I believe the idea, like, it's cape, like, it has the potential of over 2,600 games. Oh, gotcha. Like, it's a, well, of course, naming something in the thousands was, was All the, the rage. Yeah. All the rage. But we also saw consoles like the Intellivision, 
the Odyssey squared, and the ColecoVision. Now, the 2600 and the ColecoVision are probably the most well-remembered. They had the most fun games. They were the most affordable. And television wasn't bad, too. I actually reported not long ago how Intellivision is trying to make their own mini comeback. What's it? Oh, yeah. And I was up, I was mad at it. very upset. That's because it was it was such a, like, millennials don't get video games. Right. Live in the nostalgia. Buy this. No microtransactions. But every game costs $5. Screw you, Intellivision. <laughs> It's a very old man. But they they were still trying strategy. to <laughs> they were still trying to figure things out at this time. So the controllers look like TV remotes, but with a knob at the end. Uh, very clunky, oh very no. awkward. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just it's like the very first Wiimote. Oof, oof, but worse. It's so much imagine worse. you took it's it's like I can kind of picture it. I yeah, I can't really describe it well. It's just so rough. Yeah, it's like holding a keyboard sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just think it wasn't the size of a keyboard. No, okay, no, that would have been it was hilarious. Like TV like, remote size, like when you get a giant chocolate bar. Like this is just too big. Like this is my hands are like I know what this is, but this is much bigger <laughs> than it's supposed too, to be. Yeah, they they were really trying to figure out what was comfortable for playing, and that's how it was. You'd hold it in your left hand, like you'd use your thumb to press buttons. Your right hand would have like a joystick or a knob mm-hmm. you twist. And at this point in time, there were no notable titles, per se, because any notable existing titles were in arcades, like Pac-Man. Then we move on to the third generation, which takes place in, like, the mid-80s, 1982, that kind of stuff. Is this where we start hitting familiar territory? Yes. This is what most people will think first-generation consoles are. Because this is when they started figuring it out. Yes. This is when consoles like... The NES or the Famicom released, or the uh, the Sega Master System. Sega had now come into the game with their own console. This was also the launch of the Commodore sixty four, which yeah, not yeah. a console, but it was a computer. I think we still have the box for my dad's. Gee, really? We might. Oof. I'm pretty sure I've seen a Commodore sixty four box in my That's attic. That's rough. Well, it, it was a very popular uh, computer. Might even, might even have the Commodore sixty four. I'd love to see that. I would have to ask my dad. It had a lot of computer games on it. But we're not talking about computers. We're talking about consoles. Right. So, what was it, 1984? I didn't write down the time. This There was the Famicom in Japan, which we know in America as the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. The NES. This console. Wow. So that just goes to show, guys, when what you think of as, like, the first of whatever is probably, like... Mm, three generations there, in at that point. There was a point, good 25 like, years prior. Jello released about four times over the course of a century or so before we hit, like, Jell-O. Mm-hmm. So. Now, it was still very limited in their capabilities. They were limited to 8-bit processing, mm-hmm. which is means, you know, the colors are extremely limited. You'd never see more than 26 different colors on screen, for example. Which the sounds audio. like a lot, but is actually very no, little. No, I'm not including shading. Yeah. yeah. Solid colors. Yeah. It normally, no no single thing could have more than four colors at a time. Most character sprites only had three colors. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And the Sega Master System was the competitor at the time, but Nintendo kind of got the upper hand because they had a lot of really, they, they established a lot of major intellectual properties mm-hmm. with the nes we saw titles like super mario brother mega man the legend of zelda metroid final fantasy and castlevania 
bangers, every single one. Every single one. And that's the thing about Nintendo, isn't it? Uh, They just know what they're doing. They grabbed them immediately and they kept them. Yeah. It was like they they hit that stride as soon as like right out the gate and they're still there. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, they had figured out game controllers. You held it sideways with both hands. The left side had like a a, a directional pad, a D-pad, right side Mm -hmm. had buttons the way it should be. And I I put in this note just because I I wanted to be like, suck it, Sega. So the Sega Master System, which was the NES competitor, sold 17 million cop- like uh, uh, product copies, whatever, mm-hmm. compared to the NES's 61 million. That's still a heck of a lot. I love that. You talked about that lead. What was it, like 8,000 units for that first one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, back the, the very first thing. And now, like three generations later, we're hitting 17 million for the lesser competitor. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. and Nintendo doesn't stop there. Wait oh, until we not. hit generation six, seven. They just know how to market things. They they know how to make a good product. So now let's move on to the fourth generation. This took place in like the early to mid-90s, right? This is where we saw the Super Nintendo, the follow-up, as well as the Sega Genesis. Now these uh, featured... I heard not good things about the Genesis. <laughs> which is surprising because it was, it was a very vital aspect to Sega's career. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. At this point, they had 16-bit processing. Yes. Which essentially means you can now have double whatever you had before. Mm-hmm. So graphics look better. The yeah. audio looked better. Got them realistic faces. <laughs> Is this Doom? Is this Doom era? Doom was a PC thing. Oh, right. Never mind. So they didn't really, Doom didn't really show up on consoles until the next generation. Gotcha. So this was actually around Doom time, yes. But this, this was like uh, Super Mario World. Or mm-hmm. the first Super Mario Kart. That I that's see. that's what you'd see, what you'd expect, and, and this is a graphical style that would in, inspire like the video game community forever. You'll still find games today with similar styles to that of the Super Nintendo. Can you name a couple? Uh, like a modern day thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, un- I was gonna say Undertale, but Undertale does kind of have more of an NES look to it than a Super NES. Uh, oh, ooh, perfect example: Stardew Valley. I was about to ask if Stardew Valley was one, but I didn't want to sound stupid. That is a perfect example of kind of that pixely look. Yes. Yes. This generation really established the pixely look. Or to the moon. Never mind. Mm, Never nah. mind. I should not nope. have asked. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. I just can't think of any right now. Okay. Where were that? Right. So, the Genesis with Sega, that one really bumped up Sega going on because it had a lot of familiar titles. It introduced Sonic the Hedgehog, for example. Interesting. As well as other ones like Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. However, Nintendo was still going hard with that uh-huh. new stuff. They got Mario Kart. They had Star Fox. Oh, F-Zero, Chrono Trigger, Donkey Kong, uh, like Donkey Kong Country. Uh-huh. Uh, Kirby Superstar. Okay, I know most of these. Yeah. We also had a new guy come in called the Neo Geo. This one, it was good enough to be part of a listing, you know, of like mm-hmm. consoles of this generation. But the only thing people really could remember it for was Samurai Showdown. Okay. Never heard of either of these things. I had a feeling you wouldn't. If, yeah. you, if you're like a, a casual game enthusiast, you probably don't know much about the Neo Geo. Mm-hmm. 
which is fine because it didn't last long anyway. Uh, however, uh, I will admit some consoles start at th around this time started messing with the idea of CDs. Prior to this, they were, for the NES and the Super NES, those cartridges. generations, they were cartridges, yes. They used solid-state memory because discs just kind of weren't a thing yet. Mm -hmm. You know, because that, that was back when there was floppy discs. You know, they, right. they were still trying to figure out how to store information. Laser disc. Yep. And, and now the, la the, the, the compact disc had come out, and they're like, wow, we can fit so much information. So there's things like the Sega CDI, which was an attachment where you could play special games. The most famous example is Night Trap. And it was special. You keep wanting me to play this game. Yes, Night Trap, I do. And you keep playing the song. Night Trap. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Watch out behind you. Because it's so dang catchy. Yeah, this and it featured full motion video. Because they're like, we have so much disk space, let's just throw videos onto it. Sure. <laughs> uh, and that, that kind of introduced CDs into the idea of video games. This is also when they had started the Game Boy. Portable gaming was now being a Woof. viable option. Yeah. Yeah, right? Wow, this is a rapid progression. Now the, and the Sega Game Gear was the other mobile competitor. Now, these were big, they were clunky, and they drained batteries. Mm -hmm. Oh, they drained those batteries. <laughs> it just sucked them dry. But they were portable. Right. So we can also now throw in Pokemon into the list of uh, major IPs that yeah. they've established. Let's move on now to Generation 5. We've entered the 2000s now. So mm -hmm. people are starting to actually have been born at this point. Yeah. <laughs> or at least our primary audience. I was born in 97. Yeah, yeah, and this came out, and the last generation came out in 96, I think. Okay. Anyway, this featured 64-bit processing, which makes sense because one of the consoles this came out with was the Nintendo 64. And there it is. Nintendo was really happy about 64 processing because it allowed them for the first time to create... 3D graphics. They were uh, they were rudimentary and simple, very Mario. Super Mario 64 was their best-selling title of that generation, mm -hmm. yeah. And because of this, they were able to kind of reinvent a lot of their existing franchises, and that allowed them to create what a lot of people have considered the best games of all time, like Super Mario 64 and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Right. Things like that to find my place on this big piece of paper. <laughs> we still have some more strap-in, <laughs> folks. After the break, we'll talk about... Oh, no, um, I forgot to write an ad. Well, maybe we'll just do a little intermission like you did last time, then. I'll have... Okay, I know what our ad will be. Don't worry. Okay. So, well, I was just going to say that after the ad break, we'll probably go more into detail about um, the the pros and cons of current generation consoles. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I've got, yeah. 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 But for right now, we'll just give you the rundown on how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Nintendo 64, which I put down on paper, Nintendo 65. <laughs> and I'm now sad that that wasn't a console I could play. It's got one more bit. It's got one more. You, 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 get, to, you get, the screen is like one pixel wider. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's in the middle. But this sparked a lot of games like Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah. Chameleon Twist, which may not have been a big one, but that one is a special one to me. Okay. Very special. I think we have it in our list. 
Mario Party, Paper Mario, and the first Super Smash Bros. Is Super Mario Sunshine on this one, or is that next generation? Next generation. Okay. On the other side of things, we saw the Sega Saturn. Now, this is the one people did not like. That's the Okay, it that's the, the one. Sega that's Saturn. the one. That's the one. I was trying to remember this so long ago as the one that was so horrible, but I could not remember. Now, this one did start... It did have games like Virtual Fighter, Dead or Alive, and Resident Evil. But it did very poorly, and a lot of people attribute that to it had no Sonic games. Oh. <laughs> Sega's biggest boy wasn't on an entire console. You didn't push your boy. So it, it just flopped. Yeah. That's something that I hadn't thought of before I found out about the whole Xbox versus PlayStation thing from this past generation, mm-hmm. or this, this current generation. Um, something I never thought about is the success of the console depends heavily on what titles it features and not necessarily its capabilities. And that was extremely true back in this time. It's still true. And, you know, Nintendo having a lot of these well-known and loved intellectual properties through three different generations, it really helped their sales and it kept them alive a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, it would hinder them in the future, but we'll get to that. But speaking of those consoles, what's that over in the corner there? It's the PlayStation. They're here now. Ah! PlayStation shows up. One of the up. heavy hitters coming on in. Yep, the PlayStation 1. It was, it, was a, it was the first major console to exclusively use compact discs. Okay. And it also featured dual joystick. No. No, the PlayStation 1 didn't have dual. That was PlayStation 2. I'm sorry. Now, the PlayStation 1 attributed its major success to the fact that it had a lot of third-party support. You were just saying, Tom of Games, this had a lot of games. Yeah. Nintendo and Sega, they were focusing on, we've got our own stuff, we're going to make our own stuff. Yeah, exclusive games. PlayStation showed up by Sony, and they're like, let's get so many games. We're going to get Tony Hawk. Oh, God, Tony Hawk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I played so much Tony Hawk when I was younger, and I completely blacked that out from my memory <laughs> until just now. We're going to have uh, Gran Turismo. We're going to have Crash Bandicoot. We're going to have Spyro. I Spyro. loved Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. My grand I used to tell you about this a lot, but my grandpa um had a an Atari um when he lived in his apartment and then when he moved to a condo he got a PlayStation. Mm. He was always like two generations behind on the game systems, but get him cheap. Um yeah, we had he, he had a PlayStation and like the only game we ever played on it was Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> it, yeah, that it's as you probably can guess now, it's done well for them, Crash. Yeah, yeah, they have a new one, like a, a I wouldn't say new, it's a... It's a remaster. A remaster, yeah. yeah. So they've shown up, they've been doing very well. Silent Hill, that one, uh, Metal Gear oh, Solid. dang, really? Yeah, yeah, the first PlayStation. Dang. This was also... Metal Gear, Metal Gear has just, <laughs> has also its own storied history. This was also the fun time where Nintendo attempted their first VR. Oh? It's called the Virtual Boy, and it's big, it's red, and it's awkward. Oh, I've never heard of this. Well, the problem was it wasn't... It, it the used world wasn't a, ready. It used actual depth. So, like, there'd, you'd, you'd put the headset on, and there'd be, like, an image on screen, and then there'd be another screen behind that one and another one behind that one. So if it wanted to portray depth, oh. it would literally light the farther away light. Okay. And I, I actually got to play this before when i was real real little i got to play it was tennis and it would like move forward and back and whatnot Woof. it was it was a gimmick <laughs> and while it didn't do great 
uh, a lot of like Nintendo enthusiasts really remember it. Where did you get this? I I didn't have it. I mean, I know. Like, what? How how did you have access? Uh, uh, God, I don't know. I was like six at the time. Oh, okay. I think it was parents, friend friends. Friend. Yeah. Yeah. There was an opportunity, and I was like, yes, I would love to try it. Yeah. The funny thing is, at the time, I didn't know that's what it was. It wasn't until years later, and I knew about the Virtual Boy. I was like, oh, my God, wait a second. I know this. Yeah. I remember this very, very vividly. This is uh, this is what's getting me about a lot of this is like the first few generations we were talking about. I was like, wow, this was in the before times. And then all of a sudden we're just like, this is history that I have either lived or like I know very much about. Like this is so close, but it feels so far away. History is wild like that, man. Now, that's it for generation five. Do you want to do the ad break now? Um. What's. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Okay. I think this is fine. No, I, I don't have clever, catchy wordplay and whatnot because I didn't write it down. But I want to I, I wanna tell everyone about the Ouya. Oh, God. O-U-Y-A. The Ouya was a Kickstarter project from some years ago. And it was like, what if you could just have fun with all of the games? And... You, and and you'd, you'd pay this Kickstarter, you'd back it, and you'd get it in the mail. It's this tiny cube thingy. And when you plugged it in, you found out, oh, it's full of garbage and Android games. Oh it God. was essentially mobile games. And it boasted, like, an easy development environment so that easy you could easily play, you could easily develop games for it and whatnot. Problem is, no one did. Oh, no. one no. did. So it was full of garbage games. If you ever have want to have some fun... Go to your favorite YouTube Let's Player and just search their search their videos for Ouya, O-U-Y-A, and you'll find some horrible times. It's real good. This is what I was talking about with the, the success of the console depends on the titles that it contains. And th- this is one. This of one like, had zero. <laughs> it was a big hyped up game system that crashed horribly. It was beautiful watching from a distance. I'm glad I didn't get into it. <laughs> So, Swan dive. This holiday season, do not buy an Ouya. Gotcha. If you even can. The fun topic, horrible ad break. Gotcha, yeah. So, back to the actual consoles, right? We've got Generation 6, mid-2000s. This is going to be PlayStation 2. This is when the Xbox comes in, yes? No, wait. No, I'm pretty positive. Hold on. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm pretty positive this is when Xbox came in and was like, hey, like got up on its big motorcycle and pulled ahead. Mm -hmm. At this point in time, all consoles, essentially all consoles were using CDs now, Mm -hmm. compact discs for their games, because that's where the technology of the time is. Right. Music CDs, DVDs, all that. Surprise, Sega's still alive. Don't worry. They're here. They're here with the Dreamcast. Oh, yeah, the Dreamcast. Now, the Dreamcast, it did do better because it had more games for it. It was, it was fairly received. Unfortunately, of all of the other options presented the same generation, it just couldn't compete. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how uh, Leonardo DiCaprio couldn't get an Oscar for the longest time. Not because he was bad, but because everyone else just happened to have been a little bit better that year. Yeah. This is what ha- that was. And in turn, this would end up being the last Sega home console. The Sega mm. set. And then they were like, you know what? I'm tired. We'll just make games. We'll, we'll just stop with games. the hardware. We're fine. And they do. They modern times, you know, they still make games today. 
And they just put them on the other consoles. Right. Well, at this point, Nintendo had introduced the GameCube. Very square, I knew this was going to be GameCube. I, I'm very nostalgic for the GameCube. A lot of people are. I played that a lot in my childhood. The uh, the startup thing for the GameCube is still a meme. Oh, yeah. The ding 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 yeah uh so satisfying <laughs> this this um this is actually one of their not as good running consoles with just comparatively again for the same reason the other available console just popped into the market and we're like hey we're amazing come check us out i just remembered they had a gag on drake and josh it wasn't really a gag like they couldn't use brand names so instead of a GameCube, they had a Game Sphere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just this very round object oh, yeah. that sat on the coffee table. In popular culture, uh, video games had become common enough to where they became parodies. Of right. Things. So, like, you would see them in South Park. You'd see the, the what do they call it, the X, the X Mega, con- whatever. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd see stuff like that a lot, yeah. Well... The, the unique thing about the GameCube is that it used micro-DVDs instead of regular CDs. Oh, the little ones, the, yeah. They were small discs, yeah. Yeah, and that was their catch, and that allowed them to have a taller, thinner console, making it more square in shape, thus GameCube. Right. Now, it did less well... Mm, that's wordage. Be, no, that was correct. Be, it did less well than its previous consoles... Because it didn't have as good of a selection of games, most people believe. It did have some new new notable games. So it had Super Mario Sunshine, Smash Brothers Melee, Luigi's Mansion, the first Animal Crossing, and everyone's favorite, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I believe one of the reasons... I know you said this was in the Nintendo GameCube? Nintendo GameCube. Right, okay. I, something to do with the hardware of the discs themselves, like because they were so different, um, they weren't what everyone else was producing. I'm guessing like they were special ordering those. And so. Oh, and the idea of using a different format to hold their games has been nothing new to them. The cartridges right. they used in prior systems were so that they could specially develop their their games for the hardware and whatnot. And if they do were, it now with the Switch. Yeah, if you were to crack open, like, the cartridge for The Legend of Zelda and the cartridge for Super Mario Brothers, you'll see physically different parts inside mm-hmm. because they used to have to specially make these hardware components. I just I just remember something about the, the, the smaller discs being a factor in why it didn't do as well. On a consumer side of things, you could argue that the smaller discs had less storage capacity, so the games were not able to be as mm. good-looking or as in-depth. And that may have contributed to things. On a marketing standpoint, you could look at it on a profit side and whatnot. True. But it also had Metroid Prime Pikmin. Oh, yeah. And around this time, they, they had released the Game Boy Advance, which still used cartridges, mobile, you know, handheld gaming. But it, it had the same approximate computing power as the Super Nintendo at this point. And this ended up proving a very healthy time for Nintendo's uh, handheld market because they were able to have good-looking graphics and audio in a portable format. Mm-hmm. Kids loved it. Probably parents loved it also because it kept their kids busy yeah. and quiet. Oh, yeah. My brother 
forgot maybe two Game Boys in McDonald's bathrooms over the course of his childhood. Oh, I would have cried for a week. Oh, he was not happy. But it might have just been the one. I think he, he left one game boy in a mcdonald's bathroom on a trip to grandma's and they had to get him another one (laughs) can i can i tell you about uh, a bittersweet christmas i had oh yes please do (laughs) so it it was christmas let's say 2007 maybe 2006 i was at my grandmother's house and you know family was there we're giving gifts and whatnot and i'd gotten a gift and it was a copy of Wario Land 4 for the Game Boy Advance. Fantastic game, by the way. It was like a platform RPG based around Wario, who's raiding a pyramid for all of its mm-hmm. loot. Did you not have a Game Boy Advance? I went out to the car to get my Game Boy Advance. I lived in Wisconsin. It gets very cold Yeah. in Wisconsin. Had your Game Boy frozen? My Game Boy, I don't know what happened. But it got so cold that something inside of it must have snapped. Oh, no. And it no longer functioned. Oh, no. And I was devastated because I had just gotten this new game. Oh, And baby. I couldn't play it because I had let my Game Boy freeze to death. My heart is just shattering right now. I am still sensitive about it. And I refuse to leave technology in my car oh, on anything no. other than temperate days. See, people laughed at me. We were told not to let our iPads at school be left out in a car to either get too hot or get too cold. And people would like tease me because I adhered to that when no one else would. Mm-hmm. And this is why. Oh, and even now, like if I do, oh, it's kind of cold. I'll let it warm up inside before mm-hmm. I try turning it you on. You lectured me on my, on that uh, with my laptop or iPad or something because mm-hmm. it wasn't starting I, to bright. I probably did because yeah. I was very nervous Aww, and I'm still baby. shy about it. <laughs> I'm hurting for you. <laughs> it's a very emotional time. Yeah. Well, let's speed this up because we're right. already 45 right. minutes S- deep. Same, same generation as when I actually got into Harvest moon as well yes but this also playstation 2 had happened this was a good year for playstation they really rocketed up and it's because they had a lot of really good games they had grand theft auto final fantasy 10 god of war jack and daxter even kingdom hearts but what what really did it good for them is they focused more on mature titles Mm -hmm. nintendo was keeping it very family friendly as they tend to do playstation was like hey 22 year olds want to go kill a hooker you can do it in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Come try it out. That really opens up your market, too. It really did. They're the ones spending money. And it did very well. The same generation is also when Xbox came in. Microsoft was like, hey, I want to make video games, too. Let's release the Xbox. This is when we got Halo. Yes, it is. And that is one of the biggest successes of that generation is it had Halo. And um, I recall hearing that at the time when the Xbox had come out, when you said, hey, want to come over and play video games, you were basically saying, hey, want to come over and play Xbox? And it was implied you would be playing Halo. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was how significant this was in not only being a new console, but like pulling it just that like being so popular and new to the market. Oh, yes. This was Microsoft really hitting it out of the park on the first go. Oh, yeah. But as Microsoft tends to do, they went a little downhill after that. Not yet. Uh, not till no. Gen 3. They're about to skyrocket here. But this this generation is also when joysticks became a more common thing, because now everyone was right. using them. 
But yeah, the, the original Xbox, one thing it really had going for it is it had basic internet capabilities. You could play online. Right. We had, yeah, we, oh my gosh, we were so scared to do it as kids because like the internet was such a mysterious place at the time. Anything not, <laughs> anything not a computer running the internet was like the devil's handiwork and we just didn't do it. I'm sure my dad would not have cared, but like. We just didn't. We didn't understand how that worked. Oh, yeah. And there, there was, it was still very limited in its capabilities. Right. You probably wouldn't be able to do it. We had Fantasy Star Online. That was a game that I didn't put on my list, but yeah, that was a big one for that Oh, generation. we played the snot out of that oh, game. Yeah. So let's move on to Generation 7. This is uh, 2010, basically. Yeah. God. Doesn't feel like that long ago. But it was. That was a whole generation L- of consoles late, ago. Late 2000s. I do still play my 360. <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, this is when consoles really, or video games, really became mainstream. Yes. This, we had Call of Duty. Yes, this, this had things like the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, and whatnot. It was around this time when con- the, the success stopped being less about the console and more about the games. Right. Because it was around this time games started being released on all consoles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could, you, it, it didn't matter as much which one you got. We're going to start with PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3 kind of was the, air quotes, loser of this generation. It was, a, it was very viable. It was good, and good on its own. It kind of lacked on uh, exclusive games. Right. It had things like Shadow of Colossus, Persona, and Last of Us. But a lot of, like, its big things were multi-platform games. Yep, so you might as well go with the... So if you had an Xbox, you'd play it on Xbox. Right. And the Xbox, I think, had a few more exclusive titles at the time. Oh, Xbox. Xbox 360 did bumping. Because, again... It did everything right. Halo. It had (laughs) refined... Because the PlayStation 3, it had online, but it wasn't good. Right. It was a common joke about how, how PlayStation Network's garbage. Yeah. Well, you had Xbox 360 with Xbox Live. You had to pay for a subscription to Xbox Live, which is common nowadays, but this was new back then. People would make fun of Xbox for it, but it had very good online capabilities. Like the, the console itself, it had a stable online play. It had a bunch of exclusive Gears of War. Uh, Call of Duty wasn't an exclusive, but that was another thing that really helped the 360 and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I played. <laughs> that's how that was the online stuff I did on my 360. Aside from Minecraft, we did Black Ops. I used to play Tony Hawk's uh, American Wasteland. Nice. With with strangers online. That was a good time. Nice. The Elder Scrolls. Skyrim. This was Skyrim generation. Oof. When you think about it. it was, how? Skyrim came in late to that gen, but it did come in in that gen. This is like when you find out like who was actually still alive when the pyramids were being built. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> So long ago. Now, as good as Xbox did, it doesn't hold a candle to the Nintendo Wii. Right. The Wii. But again, this is something that I'm definitely going to harp on when we talk about which consoles do what. But mm-hmm. Nintendo has always been aimed at family. Oh, yes. And where PlayStation and Xbox started going the way of, we're really marketing pretty much specifically towards 20-somethings who want to shoot things. Well, uh, 26 to 32, I believe, is the demographic right. range. Right. 
Um, that's what they're marketing towards. Nintendo was like, we're still doing family-friendly options with now we're trying to help people get active and families, of course, are going to go bonkers for that. And so that's like the Christmas. And you are absolutely correct. Their their family-friendly approach and some amazing marketing made the Nintendo Wii skyrocket. Mm -hmm. I was very excited when we got our Wii for Christmas. It is, to this day, the best-selling console of all time. They did a good job. They did a very I good job. I still play Mario Kart on our Wii. <laughs> and as you'd mentioned, this had introduced motion controls. You used a wand that you, you know, you could wave it around, or you could point at the screen, and that was integrated into a lot of their games. Like Wii Sports, you would actually swing your tennis racket and whatnot. Yeah. Bowling is my jam. And yeah, they managed to, to I remember appeal having to everyone. Middle school sleepovers where my friends would come over and we'd play Wii Sports all night. Oh, oh god! It's good, isn't it? I remember, I remember playing uh, Zelda: Twilight Princess, Smash Brothers oh, yeah. Brawl. Ooh. We had oh man, Kyle had like three Raymond Raving Rabbits games for the oh, week. Oh god, I remember Rabbits. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because not long after, you could see PlayStation, Xbox try and imitate the activeness of this with the Connect. We did get a Connect. I'm sure. Um, and we never used it except to play Fruit Ninja like three that times. That sounds correct. Yeah. 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 And because the Kinect, it, it, it was a camera that basically watched you and your motions and you could react to it. Problem is, it was very short-lived because it's just a bunch of like gimmick games. Mm -hmm. Turns Fruit out, Ninja. The nice thing about, about the Wii is you didn't have to stand up. You could just sit on your couch. Right. Which you I had did routinely. Oh, I had Epic Mickey for the Wii. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That was a good sit-down game. One. And then the PlayStation introduced the PlayStation Move, which used wands with balls at the end, which mm -hmm. come back into play later. Yeah, the, the Wii really bumped it, but however, there was one bad thing about the Wii. It introduced a cacophony of shovelware. What's that? Shovelware is a game that is made quickly and poorly for uh, the intention of shoveling it out there. Rabbids. No, no, no. There the problem so is, many of them. The problem with shovelware is you don't know the names because there's that dull. There's that, they're that vague, mm. there's that uninteresting. Well, I'm talking about Carnival Games Mega and like Golf Fantastic Team. Oh no, we had, we had a Carnival game. I'm sure. Yeah. Carnival with a very popular shovelware title. They just they pumped these games out, and there was so many of them, too many of them, and it it flooded the market. Yeah. So now it, it's it commonly, broke the game economy. It, it kind of did, yeah. But now it's kind of known that you know if you want some crappy games, you want to find a good old Wii game to make fun of, mm. and it's because you know family friendly. You know those things like. Parents who don't know what games they're getting for their kids. Oh, yeah. Well, if there's a large wall of shovelware, they may not know what to pick. Right. That was kind of the catch with it all. At this point in time, Nintendo, with their mobile mobile handheld market, they've gone to the DS, dual screen, which yes. featured a touch screen on the bottom screen. So a lot of people still just have their DSs. Yeah. The DS was a very successful line. They had variations, the DSi, the DS Lite. Which all same idea. They were just they yeah. played the same games. Let's move into generation eight. Yeah. Which if is, you can't tell this is gonna be a long episode. It's going to be a long it's episode. It's a lot to get through. 
Generation 8 is technically the current generation. Yes. So this is the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, and the Wii U. And uh, I'm going to say right here, we should have seen the end coming with Xbox when they came out with that Kinect, because uh, the Xbox One kind of oh, let yeah. people down. The Xbox One had an absolutely horrific launch, and, and it hurt them. And this is, again, you know, the, the titles thing again, except that it everything was just super compounded, what happened with Xbox, by their PR, which was a nightmare. They basically, look, when people, there was an outcry against what Xbox was doing at the time, or Microsoft was doing at the time for their Xbox, and their response was basically, um, no, we're not wrong, you're wrong, and laughed at them and walked away. <laughs> And see, then they tanked. See, uh, they were trying to push the Xbox One as kind of like an all-in-one entertainment system. Yeah, you they, could connect your cable to it, for example. They focused far too much on the, and, you can watch sports. <laughs> yeah, and they just wanted to make it this catch-all system. But the problem is they had a lot of, I say features, more like restrictions that the, the modern consumer were not okay with. Always online. Yes, for example. Cameras always on. When when it had released, it had required you to have an online internet connection. If you didn't have it regularly, it would force you to check in every so often. It would be always on in that it never fully turned off. It would require you to have the their connect feature connected. Mm-hmm. Even for games that don't need it, it would require it to be on so that it can listen because it was supposed to be like, oh, you can just say Xbox on and it would turn on. And it also had. But this is also creepy. Oh, yeah. People hate people who cared about oh, the privacy. Horrible. hated yeah. it. It's, it's a nightmare. And then when they they like I said, when they said when, something about it, when people said, hey, we hate this, they're like, oh, it, it's uh, well, I can't it's remember the term. too advanced for you. No, no. It was that. Uh, it wasn't possible to turn it off. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. Said, they said, we can't remove it if we wanted to. Yeah. Basically. They were like, oh, sorry, we cannot give you anything that you currently it, like, want. It was a, it was nothing they could do about it. They, they screwed up it. heavily. Plus, um, at this time, the uh, people behind Halo, it changed hands. And they... Oh, yeah, the whole Bungie There was, was a happening. lot of retconning with the storyline of Halo, which a lot of people hated, and so a lot of people went away from Halo too, and that was their staple product, so mm. Halo's still going really strong. It's now. still going strong, but it's not the The other thing that put them off though was if you bought a physical game and you put it into your console that game no longer would work on any other console. Oh, yeah. This is like Apple bricking your device if you try to get it fixed. Yeah, yeah. It, they they wanted to have digital rights management. They wanted to stop the resale of games, and this is their method. People hated that. And I distinctly remember at the time, Sony, with their PlayStation 4, they're like, here's how you can give somebody else your game oh, on yeah. PlayStation 4. And it's just a, a, a five-second clip of one guy holding a game handing it off to the other guy. And then they're like, that's it. Yeah, don't you love it when one party messes up so badly that all the other party has to say is, hey, we're not going to do that. And everyone's like, awesome. Oh, and PlayStation took advantage of this opportunity. They They absolutely did. Blasted forward. They took the... Because this is the point. 
last generation's 360 and PlayStation 3, we'd reached a point where uh, console preference more or less didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Games had their console exclusives, sure, but you could have a worthwhile gaming experience on either one. This was when, yeah, titles counted. Mm -hmm. And that was it. But, of course, whenever there's a divide, people group up and they create this favoritism and, mm -hmm. you know, fanboy and the quote-unquote console wars. Right. Well, uh, you know, play, PlayStation really rose up in the console war mm -hmm. with this because they made it easy oh, to play yeah. new games. They left Xbox in the dust. And considering the fact that our Xbox One broke like two years after we got oh, it. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention the Red Ring of Death in the last generation. Oh, the Red Ring of Death? Oh, my God. The 360. Oh, my God. That was my life for six months. My family went through, I think, three different Xbox 360s yes. because they kept getting the red. For those who I don't knew know, other people who did, too. The Red Ring of Death was there was an issue with the Xbox 360's power unit where it. I can't explain the details, but basically they risked a chance that your your power icon will turn red and it'll show a ring around the center where like the the uh, controller's connected load is. Mm -hmm. And this console is now unable to be used ever again. It's just broken. Yep. It's bricked. And this happened so frequently that it had gained the name the Red Ring of Death. Yep. It happened very frequently. Like I said, I experienced it, I think it was three times in our life. Yeah. It happened a lot. Our Xbox One suffered um, actually similar things when I went to play it. Uh, like I said, only a couple of years after we had gotten it, and it would just turn off. Oof. Yeah. So this is kind of what you get with Xbox products. It's surprising how they, they struggle to make a stable. Yeah. But PlayStation 4, current generation, they did well. They had a lot of exclusive people really wanted. Uh, Bloodborne. Um, I can't think of any others right now, but they whatever. had a lot of really excellent features and stuff going on. But with theirs. Th they they offered everything Xbox had more or less without, without any of the crap, right? And then in the and over in the corner playing with the blocks is the Wii U. Yeah, the Wii U is by far Nintendo's worst console. Didn't didn't do well. The Wii U is special in that your controller, your main controller, was a large tablet with like controller buttons on the side. And the idea was you could play this game without a TV. You could play it on this tablet controller instead. Or you could use it as a secondary screen when playing on the TV and whatnot. Problem is, it didn't have any good games. Yeah. I have a Wii U. You know how many games I have for it? Like three. Yeah. Because those are the only ones I could be bothered with. There's that Zelda game that I want to play that's on Wii U. On the Wii U? What Zelda game? Remember, wasn't it the... Uh... There... There, the pirate uh, one. Oh, Wind Waker? Yes. That's for the GameCube. Really? Wind Waker started on the GameCube. The one on the Wii U is a remaster. Oh, okay, then yeah. Yeah. So I it, told it you I wanted to Wii play U. it. Yeah, that one started back in the, the game. Wii U. That's the problem is the the Wii U had no good games. The big the the big controller is kind of awkward and clunky. It was not good. It did very poorly. Um, but the big controller is a fun thing to put up against the, the Switch and be like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. These. We'll, we'll, we'll mention that. Apples and oranges. Fortunately for Nintendo, they had released the 3DS, which is another DS dual screen system, but it featured 3D visual, like, whoa, I still, whoa, I in front still of you. think that's a gimmick because my eyes hurt. It too is much. a gimmick. It is. 
it is, but this this handheld was very potent. It had the same approximate computing power that we, but it was portable. Right. And there was a lot of really good titles for it. Now, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yes. Uh, Monster Hunter did really well on it. I, I, there's more, but I can't think of it. Nintendogs was just regular DS, right? Like, there's still, yes. Okay. They're still supporting this 3DS now. Yes. If that that's been almost 10 years, and they're still. Yeah, like I said, it. people still frequently use their DSs. A lot of the reason is Pokemon. Oh, yes, Pokemon. This is also around the same generation. We're on the last page, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> buckle we're in. It. This is when VR started becoming a commercial thing. Yes. It sparked with the Oculus Rift, a VR headset developed by Oculus. And this is, you know, you'd put it on your head and you'd have two different screens, one for each eye. And like, if you moved your head left, the screen would move left. So it actually felt like you were there. You had depth of field. You you had like biocular visual effects, mm-hmm. all that. It's still a work in progress and whatnot. Oculus would eventually get bought out by Facebook and it did some business practices I absolutely hate. So screw Oculus. Okay. However, we'll talk about that in the which hardware should you buy. But uh, then there was the HTC Vive developed... Uh, in part by Valve, the people who run Steam. Yes. They had made one. And this one featured head tracking. So, like, if you leaned left and right, it would see that as well. And mm-hmm. you would have controllers. So you had end-screen hands and whatnot. And this one did really well. Uh, but it was more expensive. Both of them were very expensive, and you needed a powerful PC to play them. So they're yes. still, like, very low markets. But they do exist in, like, a commercial space now at this point. Now we're in what I call Generation 8.5. That's where we are right now. And I, I, I put this as a secondary one because Nintendo released a new console, but yes. Xbox and PlayStation updated their current ones. They released the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro. And these were still what their names were, but they had more powerful hardware. The logic being, if you had a game that supported it, you could have better looking games. And it, it, I I don't fully understand the whole reasoning behind it. They wanted to be like, we've got the cool new thing. Come check us out. But it was still limited to that of whatever the original versions would be, you know? Um, I think 8.5 is a good metric, too, because with the Switch, while it is a, a new console, um, it's not... It's not an update on the Wii U, but it is what the Wii U was meant to be. That's the thing is, yeah, the Nintendo so. went and released a new console, even though the generation hasn't ended. Right. So I and think that's a very fitting way to put it. Yes. This is when, uh, before we get to that, PlayStation had released their own VR system for, yes. the, for their console, the PlayStation. It's called the PlayStation VR. And it ended up being like the most affordable introduction to VR because it used a PlayStation and it used the Move controllers and camera from back when they tried to imitate the Wii. Yeah. It took advantage of that technology to make the VR Which happen. is genius, I have to say. Oh, yeah. It has its limitations like, you know, don't block the camera or it can't track you. Mirrors. But, mirrors. But it was very clever in its... In its uh, launch and usage and whatnot i agree it's very good in my opinion introduction if you want to get into vr but don't want to pay too much the playstation vr is the best way to go it's gonna be it's a safe choice yes 
You're yes. not risking too much by getting that one. You're yeah. still going to have a good time, and it really gets your definitely gets your feet wet. Oh yeah, it's nothing like that crappy phone VR. Right. I'll rant forever about that. But yeah, okay. Nintendo Switch. Nintendo is like, hey, we've got a good console this time, <laughs> and it was. Imagine the the clunky handheld thing of the Wii U, but that was the whole console. Right. Instead of connecting to a nearby like console itself, you'd plug it into a port and that would connect to your TV. Mm-hmm. Or you could take it off of this port, connect your controller to the sides of it, and just play it as a portable gaming unit. And they called it the Switch, and that's what we're currently on, and it's kind of fantastic. Okay. Can I start the conversation about what should you get? Hold on. The Switch went back to using cartridges instead of discs. Don't lick them. Do not lick them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. They made the plastic of the cartridges out of a, a special material that tastes horrible. And they did that on purpose so that kids would not be inclined to eat the cartridges. Again, family-oriented. Family-friendly. And, of course, every adult with a Switch took this as an opportunity to find out just what that tastes like and it tastes like bad because adults are worse than children (laughs) (laughs) so now you're caught up with the console history where we're at now all that jazz what people should buy okay so uh console wars while they sound like a silly thing they do have a bit of merit so you might roll your eyes every time someone talks about the android versus iphone debate but the reality is, you know, in, in that particular debate, iPhone is better for people who don't want to have to fuss with their software. Android is better if you want more customization. Absolutely. Plain and simple. It's where your intelligence is at for what you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking consoles mm-hmm. for games, um, like we said, it's less about... Uh, It's less about title now because a lot of games are released for many things. Now, if you want to play Nintendo games, you have to have a Nintendo console. They don't really release for other consoles. That's true. You ain't going to find Mario on the Xbox. Um, And so a lot of people, uh, if they have two consoles, one is usually a Nintendo console and then the other is like either an Xbox or a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So I have played on a variety of of them and we gave you the rundown on why xbox one did as bad as it did Um, which might i add people right now are happier with microsoft than sony um yes and the reason for that is sony in true capitalist fashion Mm -hmm. uh what is the the term for it crossplay they are preventing cross-play for a lot of games. So while you can get a game that is available for several consoles on the PlayStation, you are unable to play with others on different consoles. Yeah. Say you have a PC game that was also released for the PlayStation. You and your friend cannot play together um, because... Because cross-play, they don't... They, they the cross-play is not to supported. Allow that support. Which, because it's the only console that does that, if you're interested in playing a game that your friends have, unless you want to, like... If your friend is playing on PlayStation, you will have to get a PlayStation in order to play it. So, mm-hmm. 
it really the question is, what do your friends have if that's something you're interested in? If you're not interested in online games, this is not a problem for you. Oh, yeah, no. So if you're not an online gamer, PlayStation 4 is really good with its graphics, with its... um, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it, it, it's very responsive. Okay. And it has a good interface. And that's the thing is... In this generation and the last generation, the Xbox versus micro or Xbox versus PlayStation thing, their hardware has essentially been the same. It's very similar. I did play the Xbox One for a long time, and the graphics were also stellar on there. Yeah, so, um, a common argument is, oh, the Xbox is a little bit better because it uses this Intel chip instead of this right. engage. If you're casual gamer, they're, you're not going to know. They're visually and like hardware abilities, they're basically the same. Um, I originally played Inquisition on the Xbox One, and now I have it for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Same feel. Yeah. Same look and feel. There's nothing different except for where your buttons are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, the PlayStation may last longer, though. You have to be careful with Xboxes. They do tend to go out. And that's not been as much of an issue with the one as it was in the past. So... I'd say just from my experiences, in, I want to be careful. I chose for this generation to go for the PlayStation 4. I chose it because I was unhappy with the Xbox One's choices at launch. Right. I will, however, acknowledge at this point, they've basically gone back on all of that. They've, they've fixed since it all. fixed it, but it's taken a few years. At this point in time, you can pick an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4. It will not make that big a difference. The only determining factor should be, do you want to play with your friends? What console do they have? Right. They will. The, 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 the problem with the console wars is people get very passionate about it and like, oh, they love to say how bad the other one is. It, don't listen to that. You're not going to you're not going to find trustworthy advice uh, online. I realize the irony of saying this. Well, they're the same. Pick whichever you want. Again, those people don't know what kind of gamer you are. So, yeah. like, if you don't care about online games, you don't like playing with other people, it does not matter. You can pick the PlayStation, you can pick the Xbox, and you'll have just as much fun either way. Now, again, if you are interested in trying VR, but you oh, aren't, yeah. aren't, like, totally sold on it yet, then you may want to go with the PlayStation mm-hmm. and then buy the attachments that go with it. Again, this is an investment, but maybe not as much as trying to get a Vive to work with your computer. Oh, yeah. I did the math, right? If A Vive right now costs $600. A, a, a computer capable of running VR games is going to cost you at least $600. So what? That's, that's $1,200. Yeah. PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, you can get one of those for $250 right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And the, the PS VR itself, brand new, cost, I think it was $400. So that's six six hundred. that's significantly cheaper for almost the same vr experience um so yeah we'll get to different vr hardware in a minute um now the uh nintendo consoles you can probably still get a wii um that Mm -hmm. one's I believe they actually stopped supporting the wii last year oh never mind that's impressive when you think about it um, the, the Wii outlived the Wii U. Uh, the the DS still solid. Um, 3DS. 3DS. Don't 
They're not they're not a horrible amount either. If you look for them on Amazon, they're a pretty decent price. Yeah. They've been out a while. And they, they have lots and lots of games. The DS doesn't age well. The 3DS does better because the graphical jump. Yes. It's still supported. But if you're if you're looking for a mobile experience, you're probably better off going for the Switch at this point. In my I was going to get to that. Okay. Um you can still do a, a 3DS. It's still supported. They still got some really good games. Mm-hmm. And it's got a huge good library behind you. And if you're if you are someone who and I'm I'm saying this specifically because the request we got is someone who does spend their time in apartments or college dorms. Mm-hmm. Um if you are someone who doesn't really have the space for a larger console, especially for VR, um yeah. then either the 3DS or the Nintendo Switch are going to be really great for you. The Nintendo Switch, all you have is a very lightweight dock and the cables that plug into the TV. Oh, yeah. The dock is like the size of uh, a wide hamburger. Yeah, it's super not big and it's really lightweight. You can take it anywhere you want to go. The console itself, the Switch, is very handy. Um, there have been a number of occasions when I have been playing on the TV and I, and we had to go drive somewhere and I didn't want to. And then Brandon just goes, just take the switch with you. And I'm like, oh yeah. And literally you just pull it out and you're good. You don't have to change any settings around or anything. It's very, very, very versatile. And that's why it's called the switch. But if you are looking for a versatile console, that's a good one. Um, and yeah, again, there's not a lot of online stuff you have to worry about. They're, because they're working on that, though. Nintendo's very picky about what online interactions you should be able to have with their games. Yeah, because they, they don't want they want to protect their children. Right. So in a lot of cases, even if you can communicate with someone online, it's usually pre-made messages as they're doing oh, with yeah. Smash. I don't think there's any way you can custom message the the absolute closest is like custom characters in some games. You can't even message people you're friends with on the Switch. Oh yeah, they they do a good job of not letting you communicate with others online. So that's kind of your rundown on the major consoles that are out right now. Well, I will say this: if you are someone who cares about like the big titles, you probably will want Xbox or PlayStation, right? Because Nintendo, while it has all of their own IPs, Mario, Zelda, and whatnot, it often misses out on the other ones because their graph, like their hardware, is different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm, developing a game for a console like Xbox is easier than for the Switch, and the Switch is the Switch has made a notable jump in ease. So we're seeing a lot of indie titles being ported over to the Switch, like Stardew Valley, for example. That's on right. the Switch. Uh, but, like, if you're wanting to play the upcoming Doom, Wolfenstein, or, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 and whatnot, those aren't going to be on right. the Switch. That's why I said people usually, if they're going to own... Well, actually, I mean, for the most part, people usually own two consoles. One is a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for VR... Right. Um, explain why the Oculus Rift is garbage. <laughs> they Eventually, the Oculus was purchased out by Facebook. In my opinion, Facebook doesn't know how to run a video game business. They ended up implementing a lot of... They they paid a lot of developers to make exclusive games only for the Oculus. And while I get it, paying a a developer exclusive is fine. It it helps the developer stay alive. I believe the VR market is too new. It's too young. Way too narrow. You can't be 
you can't be throttling exposure this early on. Otherwise, you're just going to you're, you're going to hurt it. You're going to stunt its growth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they do that. They they tried to create their own proprietary market. Uh, they tried to limit it to where, you know, if you. Uh, it, it, they basically just tried to single everyone else out and tried to hold dominance on the market. Right. And they're not doing a good job on it. And I think it's bad for the development of the concept of VR as a whole. Which it being in what it, what is what could be considered, you know, what consoles were going through in the 90s. Like this is its age to figure out its legs that it, that it, it has. And, and progress and it is it's doing pretty well for the moment a lot of people still find it gimmicky but my brother you know is investing in vr equipment he's just he got one that's kind of an off-brand and i cannot remember yeah, what it was. yeah it, it it uses microsoft is also developing their own vr system called mixed reality yeah and it's not a hardware piece it's like a software thing and it, they're letting third parties make their own vr headsets but you gotta watch because kyle has already had to return his um mm. for some you know i think the the display was no longer functioning oof so, yeah, when you go with game consoles, it does tend to be a little better to go the mainstream route just because they know what they're doing at this point. Yes. So, um, yeah, you, you probably want to be looking at the uh, the main VR uh, releases. So, like I said earlier, if you're just wanting to try it out and you have a PlayStation, go ahead and try that PlayStation VR. It's going to be a cheaper option than investing in a Vive. Yes. The Vive hooks up to your computer. Yes. Um, so that gives you that access. Y yes. It, it, is, it allows a greater degree of freedom because it uses a special lighthouse system mm -hmm. to triangulate your position. But do understand, I've seen you set up the Vive. It does require um, a good amount more setup than the PlayStation VR does. Mm. I will say that only because my room is so small. If I didn't have to un like take it down and reset it up every time, it would be a lot simpler. I happen to also like because it uses an HDMI port and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say it, it took it's any more or less effort than when I had to set up the PSVR because I had to move a, the camera about at least the first time. Set up, I wouldn't let setup lies detractor set up or anything because do you consider space though yes you need space you absolutely you need more need... space than you think yeah i've we, spoken in the previous episode we've we pretty much have to move furniture around every single time we want to play vr i'm like here, tyson so. to that TV. he actually broke that's how he broke his tv yeah and was punching it with the vr I, I think yeah oh that's the other thing uh playstation vr does have the soft oh yeah nodules yeah. at the ends of its remotes um other VR components do not. They have hard plastic circles, which will break things. Which, as long as you're actually dedicating the correct amount of space, that shouldn't be a problem. But if you yeah. are in a tight area, that's something to consider. Yeah, I don't think my brother ever had an issue, but he has a very... Uh, has a, about has twice the amount of space, yeah. Yes. Okay, it is now twice the length of a normal We're episode. A long episode! This is a double feature. I forgot we could make long episodes. Yeah. Um, so the last one was short. 
Thank you for sticking with us this long if you oh, have. I'm exhausted. Um, so much knowledge. I think this was a really good episode to do. Mm. Um, we do a lot of talking about video games, but it does pay to get down to its base components once in a while. Yeah. And doing the history of the uh, consoles was actually really fun for me, too, because I, I didn't know a lot of this. so much to learn. It's, it's a neat, like, seeing the rise and fall of Sega. And then... Right. And the I think the biggest thing is that this all happened in the span of, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Which is insanely fast for stuff like this. I mean, to it's progress. almost fifty now, actually. True. Um, so, I mean, if you're talking about from well, the 1950s, but if if any of you are still uncertain about a specific circumstance, tweet me. My job is video games. Tweet I will, us, email us. I will yes. give you. I will give you a, a good, educated response regards any questions you may have. Yeah, and you know he's a source man, so you you can trust him to get you some good sources. Yeah, I and, I, I take pride in my unbiased approach to. Such yes, things. he definitely has his biases, but when he's doing his reporting or trying to get you some information, he's very good about coming at it as in as non-biased a way as possible because he knows he doesn't need to push his opinions the on you. truth is important. True. But. So, yes, again, it, it, it really, really, really depends on your personal preference and what you're going to be using your devices for. Yes. So please keep that in mind, especially if other people have different preferences from you or want to start a fight about it. Just remember, this is not about which is better. It's about which is better for you. Yes. So to 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 summarize... If you're looking to buy a new gaming whatever, first question you ask, what do your friends have? Yes. Second question you ask, do you want those cool, mature, latest releases, or do you want, uh, you know, the, the Nintendo library of games? Right. Choose from that. Third is, if you're choosing between Xbox or PlayStation, truly doesn't matter. I personally preferred PlayStation this generation. If you are, um, you know, caveat to option C... Or question C, if you are intending to look into VR, oh, yes. VR. that is going to be a, a significant difference between which console you choose. Yes. If you're looking to get into VR, PlayStation VR is a good introductory one. But you do have other options. The, the, the air quotes better option is the HTC Vive, which they're releasing a new like HTC Vive 2, which is even better, I'm told. Cool. But I have not tried it out. So now for housekeeping. <sighs> okay. Um, I've exhausted myself so much knowledge. Um, yeah, it's pretty late. It's a night. long episode. Housekeeping. I, I think this was a good one. Review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Reviews help us get seen by people and whatnot. We're on Spotify now, by the way. I don't know if you're going to review us on that. I'll have to check it out. I have no idea. It's cool because Spotify gives us more in-depth analytics. Yeah. So like now I know our target uh, Demographic. demographics. Yeah, I know our age range audience. Yeah. Y'all are young. <laughs> that's Stop. a bit weird. That was really creepy. That was, that was very... Uh, I regretted that the Let's moment I said it. Let's just continue so we can get done out of here. You can, uh, our Twitter is Cozy Co-op Podcast. I tweet when the podcast goes live, some jokes sometimes. You can contact us from that one. If you want to email us, you can email us at CozyCoop at TheLizardRock.com. Email us remarks about an upcoming game we're going to talk about, suggest a game, say something about a past episode, send us pictures of your console. Your favorite console. Why Put not? a nice face on it. Like googly eyes? Googly eyes. Sure. Tape a mustache on it. Oh, that does sound fun. 
The news you hear in the beginning can be found at thelizardrock.com. I write news there every day pertaining to video games. Check it out. It's also where we host the podcast. You can support the podcast with buying yourself a video game, for example, by visiting thelizardrock.com slash support. More information there. Next week's episode. What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, next week's episode, we are doing Fallout 76. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Right. We are definitely going to have to talk about the dissension that has spread since that thing has Ooh. gone in beta. I've been, yeah, I've been playing some of the beta where the game formally releases the day we record next week. Um, Just a quick little thing here. This is aside from video games. If you're doing NaNoWriMo this month, oh, National right. Novel Writing Month, right, please hit me up on Twitter so we can keep each other going. I'm already flagging and we're one weekend. So, yeah, Justine's doing her next novel already because <laughs> she happened to release her book the month before NaNoWriMo. Do you think, do you think book publishers dread December? Ooh. That's a topic for different discussion. <laughs> All right. All well, right, yeah. that's it for us today. Finally, cozy up with us next week on The Cozy Co-op. Outro music!